0: I V M. We all grew up with stories. When we were young, we were told about all these amazing stories that came from places whose addresses we didn't really know, but we most definitely knew that we belonged there. When I say there is a story, you've already situated it in a place. There are certain characters that are involved. They behave in a certain way. Even if they don't look like each other or you or the kind of people you see in your real world, they do exist in a parallel universe. But is it all to storytelling? Is storytelling just an art form you practice in leisure or is storytelling a way of life? What happens when somebody says that I'm a professional storyteller? Do they step into the role of being somebody who owns stories or is that somebody who shares stories so you can own so many memories in exchange? Joining me right after this short break is somebody who wants to build a universe called Jumri Talaya, where all the stories coexist in a happily ever after. A voiceover artist and somebody who's a brilliant performer, whose stories and a performance leave you in awe. Joining me on this episode at Litnama is Meg Mirza Prabhu. Hi Lakshmi. Hello back. How are you? I am good. I mean it's become kind of a norm. <laughs> okay I am a huge fan like to start this off with because I still remember uh, when you had come to the event that we hosted at Puffton I was blown away. <laughs> Somebody told me hey there is someone you might know who's here but we are not sure and I said who can it be because we had like a guest list and everything in place and they're like oh uh, someone called Mehek and she asked for you like excuse me what <laughs> firstly this Mehek is yours secondly she asked for me okay and it was just so amazing and you ended up performing a story which is my favorite story of yours and just every time i see you it's so heartwarming and i'm just like supremely grateful you chose to tell your stories the way you do
1: you can't see me right now, but with all those words, I'm glowing. I'm smiling. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my God! There is, there is so much to unpack here because, um, like, just like I said in the introduction, uh, storytelling as an activity is a very political act. But people sometimes like think like stories are just fun, you know, or just something that you do when you're free. But for a person like you, for whom storytelling is like a way of life. How do you navigate this whole space? Like, I'm so confused. Like, what plane does professional storytelling then exist in? Is it a viable career choice? Or do you even look at it as a career choice? Like, what's this confusion, if you could hide? Uh,
1: for me, uh, the journey when it started off, I, it started as a passion, completely. So more than fun, it was uh, like a deep therapy for me. When I started uh, storytelling, when I started writing stories and then performing through voice modulations by becoming characters, understanding a character and all of that, that was how it started. And slowly when uh, I started putting it out without any expectation, that's when people started liking and then uh, events, uh, organizers, they started asking to come and perform. And then I realized that, yes, this can also become a profession. So that's how it went for me. So it was a natural transition. and But today, if I go and dissect that journey for somebody who wants to take it up directly as a profession. So I would say that go slow. Make sure that it keeps you busy enough. Okay. Hmm. And then you leave the job that you already do. So otherwise, what happens is the approach yeah. with which people go into any art form as an artist is because I'm an artist, I will work whenever I feel like when the art, art comes to me, <laughs> I will uh, create it. But it doesn't work like that if you are deciding to earn your bread and butter through it. yeah. So you have to treat it like a career, like hmm. you would treat a nine to five job, dedicated, disciplined work that you put in it. You have to cater to demands that are coming from the market, from the brand, from the event uh, people and things like that. You have to be flexible. You don't have to sell your soul, but you still have to be flexible.
0: I think that is something that's very poignant right now. Like there is a very, like with the digital culture around storytelling that has developed over time, um, there is a very fine line between um, being somebody who's renowned for their art and being somebody has sold their mm. soul. <laughs> so to put it in like simple dichotomies. Uh, because of course, even I have attended enough number of open mics to know that sometimes you can see mm. through a performer. You know that everything mm. that they're doing might not be based on something more genuine or an experience mm. that they want to share. Because you see them being more aware of the cameras and of the audience, you know, interacting more with Like It's it's a very, very tricky terrain again to kind of navigate with what is happening in the scene exactly because all of a sudden there's this video boom around storytelling where everybody, every artist wants to be taped which is essential because brands want to see your work. So if you're a storyteller, if you really want to put yourself out there, you have to have some kind of a documentation of sorts. So um, I sometimes feel like I don't know if I'm judging people too much for performing for the camera. I mean, that's not something that I deem is wrong in any sense. But um, is storytelling kind of in the moment? Because you always think of it in the traditional sense. So do you think that storytelling right now is in a flux with whatever is happening around us? See,
1: I'll tell you what has happened. There are two aspects of storytelling right now. Okay. One is storytelling as the art that it is. And all of that. And second is what storytelling is bringing in terms of recognition. Now, the problem is just the way there is passion for storytelling, there is passion for recognition. So there are people who are being driven by the wrong passion into storytelling. So their passion is the end result of it. Okay, my video will go out and then people will appreciate it. These many likes I'll get. These are the comments that I'm going to get through storytelling because it is working right now. So let me do storytelling because it's so simple. I just have to go and talk. And what? I might talk about heartbreaks. It's happening. Everybody's talking about Mm -hmm. that. So you are taking the easy way out for your real passion, which is recognition. That is what is becoming the problem. So Mm -hmm. the root has to be your love for stories first. Not because somebody else is doing it. Is because you so the thing is for you to step on the stage if the reason is because you love your story so much that it is not your hobby anymore it has become your first uh, Banjata it is your duty it is your duty to go and tell that hmm. story on stage because you have been chosen as a medium to have that in you. Only then go on stage and perform that yeah. story and then wanting to have a video uh, so that brands recognize and all is all so that people recognize your art form more, your stories more and not you. That's the right way to go about it, I
0: feel. Yeah. That's very, very prophetic, honestly, because, you know, you used to read about how uh, the the ancient idea of having a bard for a community where that person was entrusted with the responsibility to preserve the culture and tell the stories through poetry. I mean, that's what Shakespeare did. That's what Wordsworth did. That's what Coleridge did. And you realize it's not only limited to poetry now. Prof- storytellers have been prophets for generations. I mean, the amount of revelation you understand from a story is so much more than you would from like reading a 500-page book about culture maybe.
1: Because the, uh, t- and the because, talent required yeah. to consume a story Uh, the ability to consume a story also doesn't require too much everybody can consume it you don't need to learn to read or write or do anything any extra study to be a consumer of it so because of that also storytelling is the best medium I feel to put out a message across in the universe
0: Because it just I read one of these interviews that you had done and um, the author had a comment to make where uh, they said that her idea of storytelling is not influenced by theory or other abstractions that exist around this genre, but it comes from the core practice of that form. So discipline is something that has been supremely at the core and something that I really, really appreciate is how you choose to also play with language when you're telling your stories um like you cannot not imagine you as a certain character when you're portraying them even when the visual in front of me is a performer the actual image in my head is a is somebody that is that character telling that story do you feel this comes from like do you have to have an inherent knowledge of say theater or say performance or does this come to you when you're supremely passionate about this uh Definitely
1: passionate about your story. See, people who have the theatre knowledge and who have done acting courses and who are actors, I'm sure they can add much more to it than, you know, what I can even reach. But uh, when I realized that without any acting background, without any theatre background, or in fact, for that matter, even in school days, not getting on stage, okay? No absolute zero stage experience. If I could do it, I realized everybody can do it. And that's where actually I started teaching it, you know. So for me, it was, uh, I've written a story in third person, for example, there was a girl, there was a boy, they went for coffee. And then when I wanted to tell a friend, I felt that it is so boring. You know, it's the same old thing that I'm talking. How can I make it more interesting for that person to listen to the same story? Like, what if I am the girl and I'm telling, just telling my experience, okay? Okay. Not as a storyteller, but as that girl. Mm, And then I just went, you know what? I went to a coffee shop and then he came and then he entered and then he sat and this happened and then I felt this and that. Now, I started feeling it myself when I became the girl. And, you know, that was exciting. It excited me. It may not excite someone else. So not necessarily everybody has to feel it (laughs) that way about storytelling, you know. Your calling must be something else. Something else excites you. So what excites you, do
0: it. That's your art form yeah which is which is so important because stories can be told in so many different ways like you have the choice to kind of step in into a narrative step out from a narrative talk about something that happened to you talk about something that did not happen to you uh but somewhere do you so there's this very um like a very strong conversation that is happening in the literary Mm -hmm. space right now that who speaks for whom like it is influenced by everything in culture Mm -hmm. studies Do you sometimes feel like storytellers um, while portraying certain characters kind of take over someone's narrative? And if that happens, what what exactly is the politics of stepping into somebody else's shoes and
1: telling them? You don't step in anybody else's shoes. I feel you first become that person. That's the first step. You cannot be yourself and step into somebody else's shoes and try to fit in it. It will never fit. Your feet is going to get sore or the shoe is going to tear. First, you have to become that person completely in, <laughs> inside first, outside would automatically happen. And the shoe will just fit you automatically, perfectly. So you are not going, you don't have, you have to realize you don't have control over the narrative. Your character is going to react to the situation just the way he should, not how a storyteller should, how the storyteller should. So the, re- the minute you realize that you are powerless when it comes to the story and the character, you are nothing, is when actually the story starts unfolding in front of you.
0: Hmm. (laughs) Right. I'm just like transported into a different universe right now. I'm just thinking about so many thoughts rushing in my head because this triggers so many different memories. Like, while growing up, you listen to all of this pop culture and you're told that you need to step into somebody's shoes to realize... Um, you know, to kind of experience. I think the world needs more empathy oh, than so true. and that is something that storytelling has So true. You more. said
1: the exact right thing. It's not sympathy that the world drives on; it's empathy only.
0: Oh God! <laughs> that being said, um, you are one of the artists. Like I said this the last time. I said this was to um, yeah. Jasmine Khurana because she is somebody who practices her slam poetry like mm. a ritual. And after her, I've seen you, <laughs> who literally can like I I'm hundred and fifty percent sure that if somebody wakes you up in the middle of the night and asks you about this one line from one story, and you can tell the entire thing just as is, no changes whatsoever. Like, do you also ritualistically then practice your stories? What is your process from page to stage?
1: Okay, my process from stage to page to stage. I'll give you a secret. So what happens is. Uh, yeah. I do fiction storytelling, right? So I've, so today, if okay. I ask you, Lakshmi, tell me about one incident okay. of your life, which was uh, very happy for you, okay? Which was a happy memory. How much time are you going to take to tell me that? Even if I wake you up in the middle of the night? Six seconds? right? Yeah. You can immediately right. come up with it. Maybe yeah, a little yeah, but You can yeah. come up with something. I'm not asking right. about the happy yes, but one simple happy memory. You can come up with this, yeah. right? If I ask you hundred times, different places, different occasions, different people, if they ask you, you will still be able to say the same thing with the same passion, with the same excitement. Correct? So, if fiction, the story yeah. that you have, if you make it a memory, and you just keep it there, you don't have to rehearse it. It's just there. It's a memory. Uh, the way you, the way you frame again. it might change. You know, today I might say that story in a particular way. Tomorrow I'll say the flow might be a little different. But the end will still come at the same time. Because that's why we tell stories, right? To give that last final end to that incident that you're telling. So you don't need to buy hard stories. That's the point. You just have to make it a memory. Don't memorize them word by word. Make them a memory, a nice, visual, complete memory inside your head. Now, there is no difference between fiction and non-fiction. So anybody asks you, you just tell it out of that memory. With that same excitement and emotion.
0: Honestly, if we were doing this in a studio right now, I would be like, like you would be surprised to see how I, I am smiling ear to ear. I cannot, like... This is so cathartic. This has been more cathartic than yeah. I kind of expected it to be. I knew that every conversation with you has always been that, you know, have you watched Jane the Virgin? What? Sorry? Have you watched the show Jane the Virgin? No, I haven't. Should I? Okay, so there's this very nice. Okay. Oh, you should, you should, <laughs> no, most I'm definitely. But God. there's this one moment in the show that every time something mm-hmm. nice happens, her heart kind <laughs> of glows, okay? okay? And it's a thing Like every time a character falls in love or they feel the emotion of love, their heart glows. And that's literally how I feel right now. I kind of understand the moment. Because it's just, I never, I knew that art and literature is sort of a closure, but I never knew that by actually making it a memory that you would receive closure about something. You generally do the opposite. You try to run away from it to like find a sense of closure. I think next time I'm going to try and work towards it, run towards it and chase for closure. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. In fact, the more you dig in
0: and bring things
1: out on the surface, if you get uh, injury, fine. If you put a band-aid over it and keep it for a month, it will not heal. But the day you remove it in four days, it will heal. Correct. So put whatever is inside you on the outer layer of yourself and watch it heal completely through telling a story of that deepest emotion or experience that you have. And if it's a fiction, nobody even would know it's your story. So, there you go. <laughs> so, fiction is medicine.
0: That is so crazy. So, wow. I think that is what should be like a subtitle to this episode. Fiction <laughs> is medicine. That is so like, that is something that you put on a poster and you would have...
1: I like it. You <laughs> know,
0: <laughs> but at least, eh, Done. Let's begin. <laughs> wow, this is this is going to so like I never thought this conversation would go in this direction. But uh, bringing it back to another um, very very significant part of your process. Um, you are somebody who is known for sharing your stories, but not a lot of artists, um, you know, let you in on secrets or the behind the scenes of their art form, how they practice it. Uh, But you run something called the Jumri Talaya and like a series of workshops under Mm -hmm. Jumri Talaya. That is how I first came across like your work. And um, like you've moved it online now because people can't physically attend. But you've been doing workshops for the longest of time. So where did this idea come from?
1: So this is another thing that everybody says, you know, that not many artists share their craft. And, you know, they don't want uh, everybody to know their process and everything. And you do it. But uh, frankly, I don't take any uh, pride in that or anything. It is not because of that, that I am too generous or something like that. I feel teaching is really my true calling. Uh, That's what I realized after I started uh, taking workshops one by one. So I personally, myself never said, okay, that I have reached a level where I can teach, you know. But people thought that I could. So I went ahead with their idea. And then I realized that, I, oh my God, I'm more passionate about this. (laughs) So I sat down and then Mm -hmm. I I used to literally break down all my stories, stories that work and that did not work. And then I tried to remove the formula and the process behind those that work. So what is that foolproof way in which you can create a crisp, short oral story that for sure everybody is going to at least enjoy for sure, you know, and take a memory of it. That's the process that I've created and I teach it through Chumriti. Yeah. Yes.
0: That is so nice. Because um, somewhere I also feel like coming back to where we started, this entire idea of storytelling as a practice in itself, as not just leisure, but preservation mm-hmm. of culture. I strongly feel somewhere that, um, you know, there used to be a time when there used to be proper schools of mm-hmm. thought that influenced how certain art forms functioned or um like a structure like a feedback system somewhere with the rapid digitalization and so much happening over like a limited span of time uh, this this entire need for feedback or a peer review system seems a little yeah. lost like from the crowd because people are so focused on working on their own stories that they don't really have time to listen to somebody else's and That is kind of something that, you know, that does not sustain a system. Like it does not build an ecosystem. It just becomes like tiny universes in themselves. And that's where the stories kind of end. Um, But now that you've taken the course online, have you like seen a difference? Like, do you have like a before workshop and after workshop story with people? How is that going about?
1: Uh, You're talking about before online and offline? You're talking the difference about?
0: No, or just be- before people joined okay. the course okay. and after, like, have you had like the testimonial? Oh yes, most
1: importantly, the way they looked at themselves as storyteller changes. Then the way they okay. uh, have a relationship with the character changes. They The way they approach stories changes. At three levels, the major change happens. So the way they look at the storyteller is they give importance to the storyteller, first of all. So my biggest thing is that I talk. True, okay. Which is very, I mean, if I say it, you also realize it's so true that when we write stories, when we create stories, the biggest importance is given to the storyline, the story plot, the situation that the story is about. We all think stories are situations, right? Okay. Story is equal to a situation. correct? Okay. That's what we all feel. But that is absolutely okay. wrong. The idea is entirely wrong. A story is not a situation. A story is your character's oh. reaction to a situation. Every line is is what your character's reaction yeah. is. Okay. Right?
0: This makes, oh my God, yeah. This is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're so, so Do you like
1: tea or coffee? Tea. Yeah, okay? I like tea. So let's, for like example, tea. say, assume that uh, if I give you a cup of hot tea in the morning, your entire day is going to go great. Okay, as example. For me, if I get a black yeah, coffee okay. in the morning, my entire day is going to go great. Otherwise, I'm going to have a headache and it will go bad. Okay, now let's keep a same situation between you yeah. and me. We are sitting in a restaurant. Uh, The waiter comes and he gives you a hot cup of chai. Okay. You drink it. He comes and gives me a hot cup of chai. I drink it. How is your day going to go? Good or bad? Good. How is my day going to go? Good or bad?
0: Maybe not that good. Good.
1: Exactly. So the story, even though situation is exactly the same, the stories are going to go in absolutely different directions because the characters reacted to it differently. So till the time you don't know your character that well, how will you know how he's going to react? Otherwise, you will create typical stories. So if you want to create unique stories, you have to create a relationship with that character as if he's somebody you know so well, like is your friend, your family member, that you will know exactly how he's going to react in a particular situation. That will make your story interesting. So your relationship with the character changes, your relationship with yourself change, because you realize if you are a complex human being, only then you will understand the character is complex, right? So you have to go deep in yourself to go deep in your character. It's so connected. And once that happens... Suddenly the story has become alive. Only then it will become a memory. So that's the change that happens throughout the entire course. So from looking at a story to as a situation, they start looking at the story as something that really happened, just not to
0: themselves. That's all. Wow. I'm already taking notes. Like I'm <laughs> not even kidding you. If I saw the video call, you could have seen travel for paper <laughs> and pen and, and write all of this. This is, this is some next level like when I told um my team at IBM that I'm going to do a conversation with you they were genuinely excited because we all love your work and uh, I was wondering okay, what is this conversation going to be about and it's like oh just the economics of being a storyteller what is the politics of being a storyteller in times where you know telling your truth is a very difficult uh, process but I think this has become a more mm-hmm. like a journey inward than outward because it is. all the things that I plan to talk about were these yeah. large uh, you know ideas about the world and right. then I realized actually it all depends upon these smaller inner universes that we create amongst ourselves and that kind of impacts the larger yeah. idea. I will tell world. you one
1: thing Lakshmi yeah. people are looking at yeah. topics outside this is the topic that is right now going on. Everybody's talking about, I should write about this. I should write about that. This is working and things like that. It doesn't work like that. Your stories are an extension of what your motive is as a storyteller to put out in the universe. It's, it's, it comes from there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's only what you want. So you have to be conscious about what message, what motive, what change you want to bring in the society. Your character, your story, everything are just tools to do that. So don't look outside at all. You have yes. to only look inside.
0: <laughs> only then you will have various. I stories, think that's, right? a, that's a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just very very poignant time to take a break okay. and come back with your story. I mean, there is no better extension to this conversation than actually having you perform my favorite story, which I'm really really glad you agreed to do. Okay. Yes. So let's just jump into the short break.
1: Done. Let's do that.
0: Back after this short break. Um, Mehak, you have a story. Uh do you want to like perform first and tell us the story behind the story later, or how do we go back? Okay,
1: sure. I can do that. Always ready. Okay. So this story I uh, I will not be sharing. So there is a girl called Rajo. She will be coming and she'll be performing it for you. She'll be telling her story rather not performing. Yeah? Let's go. Let's call her. Perfect. Namaste, Jime Rajo. अचार बना रही थी जब मैडम ने बुलाया कैरी का दोपहर का खाना बर्तन मांजना सारे काम हो चुके हैं तो अम्मा ने कहा जाके रज्जो अचार बना ले कैरी का इसमें बड़े एक्सपर्ट है हम हमारे इनको बड़ा भाता है कहते हैं तेरे हाथों में रज्जो अब अम्मा के हाथ का स्वाद आता है अब इससे बड़ी कोई बा� पहले अपनी मां जैसा बनाते थे फिर आके यहां यहां का तरीका सीख लिया ज्यादा खट्टा ज्यादा तीखा रंग और हो गहरा गहरा नया तरीका सीख लिया कैरी वही मैं भी वही बस स्वाद बदला है कैरी का इसके लिए कई चीजें करनी पड़ती है आप शहर वालों को खबर ना होगी क्या-क्या करना पड़ता गांवों में तो हर एक लड़की बचपन से ही सीख लेती है अचार बनाना कैरी का चल आपको सिखाते हैं तो कैरी चुनने से शुरुआत है होती मानो देख रहा हो कोई शादी को लड़की गिरी हुई हो तो ना लेना दाग लगा हो तो ना लेना पकी हुई तो काम ना आए औरों के रंग में ढल ना पाए उम्र जितनी कम उतनी अच्छी वरना � अब बड़ों ने किया है तो ठीक ही होगा। ये मुआयना कैरी का। अरे रज्जो! किससे बड़बड़ा रही है? बगल की मीनू आई है क्या? जल्दी जल्दी काट ले कैरी और टुकड़े हो सारे एक सरी का। जी अम्मा। सुना? टुकड़े हो सारे एक सरी का। जैसे अम्मा कहते हैं, न कोई बेहतर, न कोई बदतर, ताकि सारे एक लगे और बीच की गुठली फेंक ही दो दूर कहीं रुकी तरह फिर रगड़ो नमक मसालों में जैसे होता रहा है सालों से फिर तेल में डुबाए रखना है ढक्कन कस बंद करना है ख्वाबों को हवा ना दो उजालों को राह ना दो फिर रखो नजर रखो नजर तब तक तब तक जब तक सासु मां के हाथ की ये याद ना दिलाए तब तक जब तक इसमें जिंदगी से खटास आना जाए, तब तक जब तक किस्मत इसकी बदलना भूल ही जाए, यू बनता है अचार कैरी का। अरे रज्जो अब तक बढ़ बढ़ा रही है। मुन्नी तेरी उठ चुकी है। मुन्नी मेरी उठ चुकी है। अब मुझे जाना होगा। कुछ सालों में इसे भी तो सिखाना होगा। यही अचार बनाना लड Kerika Shukriya. Chalte
0: Thank you. <laughs> I am never over this story. Like this entire conversation people who are probably listening are just going to be why she laughing so much. But I can, the first time I heard this story I was like oh it's such a nice sweet story about making a pickle. And then I was like no wait what? What? At the end of it's like gives you the gives you the closure that you're looking for in this story <laughs> this is brilliant work <laughs> mm, thank you thank you thank you <laughs> so tell me so, what
1: questions do you have how did
0: you yes yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> um when you decided to write about this but in this particular story of course that mm-hmm. becomes a metaphor that rajjo is making a pickle that is like very very obvious it's right there for the listeners to pick up Mm -hmm. but do you feel like as a storyteller using uh, personal situations to talk about larger things generally helps or was that a uh, move that you did uh, by choice or is this something that just came out of you
1: see like I said the this story was written at uh, start of when I started walking on this path so that time I was not really conscious about these things you know Those times I used to write stories which were sometimes using uh, these smaller life incidences, uh, very colloquial and very, you know, day-to-day activities of our life. And also things that were very vague and metaphor and, you know, broad situations, you know, covering the lifespan of a character's life. But today when I uh, look at my stories back and I analyze them, I realize that stories which have very specific small situations that are used to give that bigger message work more in oral storytelling. So because everybody yeah. relates to yes. them, because those things are happening in everybody's life, day to day. So, and then there is no age uh, factor here or even location factor. Like Keri Ka Achar is something that even though it is a story of a girl from a village, I have got messages from Women in US, okay, who are doctors saying that you know what, same thing we are also going through. So it oh. bypasses all of those things. When you're talking about day-to-day life. The ideas
0: of borders and everything. Yes. Right. Yes. That that is so cool. I mean, one of the very like as an artist, something like living in today's times as an artist is a little scary. Hmm. Because um, as much as you want to tell your truth, hmm. There are so many other factors that influence or kind of motivate you not to. And it's it's all very convoluted, right? So, as well, uh, even when I, somebody I, says
1: that. I kind no. of disagree. In fact, this is the best time to be an artist because through art, you can say what yes. others cannot say. So, in fact, uh, I think artists today right. have to be the bravest and they should be out there and talking about things. I have realized that. <laughs>
0: I was just going to come to that because I hear these things on social media that oh you have to be very careful about what you say but I don't feel artists traditionally were ever afraid to tell their truth especially storytellers
1: be careful about people's emotions whom you don't want to hurt okay it should not happen uh, that that is not your intention but yet you hurt somebody yes you should apologize for that but if you are talking for something you believe in don't apologize for that for sure
0: yeah that that is very very like yeah. so um something that you know as a up and coming artist who looks up to like a bunch of people who are already you know kind of forerunners in the situation mm-hmm. do you think People should, you know, stick to a certain like. Is there a rule book for storytelling? Like something yeah. as basic as that? Yeah, or yeah. There is a. Do you create it on-
1: There is a big rule, big rule. So you are supposed to study all the storytellers that are there in the world. What, what, what word you used? Forerunners. What is it?
0: Yeah. Forerunners.
1: For Forerunners. Okay. So you are supposed to study them properly, understand their style and everything, and then make sure you do nothing like that. because what is required is the unique you that you are when you are in your house talking to your family your friends when you are uh, sitting in the bathroom alone and crying over something when you're angry and fighting with your sister that person nobody has seen yet that's unique stage needs that so study everyone make sure that you are nothing like them come on stage be yourself and give that unique stories to us please
0: yeah. Nobody's a forerunner. <laughs> and to hold those stories, we can always come to you yeah. for yeah. Jumri Talaiya. Yeah, you come <laughs> like to Jumri Talaiya. Definitely. All it's I'm going different. to turn,
1: All I do in Jumri Talaiya is turn the sock inside out. That's all.
0: Yeah, that's I all. think that's a perfect image. If, like, you know, that there could ever be one for an artist. In times like these, all you got to do is turn yourself inside out yeah. and kind of create more original stuff. Because now you see that... Um, In art forms that are more performance-led, it's very um, easy and convenient to step into typecasts and brackets. Yes. Like, you know that there is an already existing audience for something. So you start doing exactly that. True. And then you kind of try to cash in on that. But then I feel like what we need today, honestly, is people who can connect across borders, classes, languages, and more. Because I feel like storytelling has a universal language in itself.
1: Yes, absolutely it does. It is not even dif- it is not even fixed to language. Just with
0: eyes, signs, you can still tell stories. <laughs> that is so great. I have not even like, I've completely forgotten how, um, you know, like the last time we spoke, we decided like, oh, there's going to be XYZ structure because this conversation was supposed to happen like a really long time ago. <laughs> and from there, we had such a brilliant conversation where I didn't even realize we are like 38 minutes into it. And it still feels like there's so much said and there is so much to be spoken about. Uh, But I think I will leave it for the audience to kind of come to you directly and kind of see that knowledge from your work and from all the amazing workshops that you've been conducting. Uh, One thing I really like about Shundi is the fact that it's a personalized session. So it's not something that is like a class of 60 people sitting together listening to a teacher and just going like, okay. No. But it's just like very, very personal, very individual. Yeah. Was there a reason behind keeping it that
1: way? Yes, absolutely. So I used to do offline workshops with 10 people, 15 people. I've done with even 35 to 50 people also. So like in yeah. corporates, I still do. Uh, but when I realized that it is, very, it is absolutely impossible if somebody wants to bring out the storyteller in them, it's impossible to do it in a group, you know. It needs very <laughs> extreme individual attention that they have to give themselves. It is not about my attention, actually. It is about their attention. Because when you are in a group, you are looking at everyone else. Constantly. That pressure is there. You need to completely look at yourself, give yourself full 100% attention. And that can only happen when it's just one-on-one. The teacher and you. So there are times when I like put my finger on the video uh, and say that, imagine I am not here. Do this exercise. <laughs> you know. So, so literally, right. it happens.
0: I'm so grateful we had this conversation because I'm sure that people need to learn more about the behind the scenes as opposed to you know it looks very nice and glamorous when you see performers on stage but it's not something like they woke up in the morning they had a story in their mind and just came to the show in the evening and performed it. There is so much work that goes behind constructing a story the way it is said, using the right words, using the right Images.
1: Yeah, there is also a riyas that can be done, you know. So my entire one session is about a storyteller's Riaz. There are three things that you can do every single day for 15 minutes that is going to keep you ready when that story comes on paper for you. Because story will come, if story is a creative process, it will come through your intuition. When you become completely empty and sit, you will become a medium for it. You don't, you have little control over that. But to keep yourself ready in the aspect of performance, it is in your control. It's like gymming every day for that one competition that is going to happen, you know? So that gymming you can do on your own, (laughs) you can increase your strength every single day. So there is a RIAS process that is there for a storyteller. So there are that it is possible to make it into a complete discipline with following certain processes. And yeah, if people follow it, it really helps.
0: (laughs) Wow. Thank you for buffing us up with words, by the way. You need that one trainer who's behind you, getting you to kind of push your own limits and make it happen. And you need more trainers like that in the industry right now. This has been such a brilliant conversation. And I, like I know, we're going to have so many more in different spaces. Uh, so if you can tell us, that like, we can follow you online, so we can get more insights into how do we go about the world of
1: storytelling. Mehak Mirza Prabhu is the name, and you can search it anywhere. It's the same name. You will get in on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. So yeah, listen to stories and right. share yours soon with me if you can. And Lakshmi, I have to say definitely. one thing. I
0: think I might just end up.
1: I have to say one. thing. I'm really inspired by what you are doing. Also, your journey, your growth has been so beautiful. The way you conduct yourself, your thoughts and every podcast that I've been listening mm, of yours. Trust me, you bring out the best in the speaker. So thank you.
0: Okay, I'm just going to take a snapshot of this out and like submit it to every fellowship I've written to ever. Like, hey, listen, this is something what somebody I love said about me. I am so grateful. Thank you so much. It's the feedback. I think you were one of the first people to give me the feedback when the show went live. And I was super scared because this is something that I've never opened up about. Um, when I had this podcast to IBM and I had spoken to them about this, um, the business development lead there asked me, what do you think, how many people would listen to one of your episodes? Hmm. Uh, and I did not know what is the number because Hmm. you never get to see the inside or the back end. Right. I'm just like, is hundred a logical number? I don't really know. I don't really know where to put a pick up on it. Um, and then when the first episode actually went live mm. and you were one of the first people to text me and say, Hey, I heard your episode with Jasmine and it was good. And congratulations. <laughs> I realized that it was starting late. Nama was never about the numbers. It was about this community that has given me mm. so much. I feel like there is something I can do. There is some kind of discipline I have picked up over the years and I can kind of turn it around, make it a lens to look at the world and introduce more people to the amazing people I have had the fortune of knowing and working with. And you've just made and you're perfectly like, on track. so much impact. You're
1: perfectly on track. track all the best. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Lakshmi. Bye, take care. I love Bye. this session. Bye.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Bye.